0: there. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure that you know about three pretty cool changes I've made to my two signature e-courses, Marriage Methods for Women in Difficult Marriages and Heartbreak to Hope for Women Who Are Separated or Divorced. Change number one, you can now pay whatever you can afford for either of these courses. I don't want money to get in the way of your healing. Change number two, you can now decide between receiving the content weekly for 12 weeks or in a guidebook PDF upon purchase. And change number three, if you have a friend or family member in your life who is in a difficult marriage or going through a divorce, you can now give either of these courses as a gift. See, I told you these were cool changes. Check the links in the show notes to order today. Hey, sweet ones, welcome to a very special episode of the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff, A, because I've been through a lot of it, B, because most of you have too, and C, because I really believe that we have a loving God who walks us through every season of life. Today, I am so excited to welcome a very special guest, my son, Jack. Hey, Jack. Hi. (laughs) Jack is 24 years old. He loves Jesus. He is a great son and brother. He is uh, dating a sweet girl. He has lived on his own for about two years now. He's transitioning to a new job. And today we're going to talk about pretty much everything. So hello, son. Um, Thank you for being here. Do you want to add anything to that intro?
1: No, I think you covered (laughs) most of what's going on right now.
0: Okay. Okay. So... It's kind of hard to know where to begin. Um, Jack and I already decided that this is going to be a two-parter because not only do I have a bunch of questions, but the podcast listeners and Facebook group members do too, and there is no way we could hit all of them in one episode. Mm -hmm. Also, before we begin, Jack, don't worry about hurting my feelings. Um, I want this time to be really helpful and insightful for everyone who's listening, so be as honest as you're comfortable being. I can handle it. Also, if there's any questions you don't want to answer, just say pass.
1: Sounds good. Okay,
0: let's get started. Um, What are some of your memories growing up in our quote-unquote Christian home? Good, not so good?
1: Um, One of the things that, as I look back on everything, is the, I think this is a really good word for it, which is the traditions that um, you and dad kind of had us, go through, whether it was going to church every Sunday or um, most mornings, at least that that I can remember, we would have um, just like some Bible verses and some stories that we we would read at breakfast. And I think just overall building those those Christian traditions has been very beneficial to me as I just look back on everything. And as I create traditions for myself, um, I think that's those are some of the good memories that I've held on to.
0: I love that. Um, Okay. I'm already jumping into listener questions. So the first one was how and why have you stayed true to your Christian upbringing?
1: I think a lot of it is also, again, those traditions. I think um, just creating an environment for Sarah and I, my sister where, um, just growing, you know, what we, what we had growing up and kind of the traditions that were so consistent and that became such a habit for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those have been very beneficial to us. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what else was on there.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of, um, uh, I don't want to say a lot, but your age, um, you know, when you grow up, you literally like, mm-hmm in the womb, you were going to church, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so a lot of, you know, when kids grow up fully immersed in the church or in Christian culture, they can get to Mm -hmm. a certain age and be like, I want the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you seem to have, I mean, it's, it's stuck for you. Mm -hmm. So, um,
1: one of the things that I will add is that I went to a public school in middle school and it just was not, a good environment for me. It just was not going well at all. And so I asked my parents one day, I was like, I am just not having a great time. It's gotten really bad. Yeah. And I asked you two if I could transfer to a Christian school. And there's a couple things that went into that. One and something that I I think there's two sides of this fence where as kids go along in school, people see it two different ways. And actually something that I've talked about with one of my good friends he went to Iowa state where he sought out a a church and a small group there and trying to find his way through kind of the secular world. And the way I looked at it at that time in college was going to a Christian college where I could continue that environment aspect so that it would just help me long-term and even short-term just to be in that environment more often. And I think that has helped me in my Christian upbringing is just to be in that environment as much as I
0: can. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so before we keep going with questions, cause we're going to start to shift a little bit, I wanted to just give a timeline um, for those who, you know, been following my story for many years, you know, they'll know my timeline, but as far as how you fit into that. So you are 24 um, I'm you're, old. you're, <laughs> yeah, you're getting up there, man. Um, your uh, my divorce from your dad, um, was final 10 years ago this past summer. So that meant you were 14 when the divorce was final. So you were about 12 when we would have told you we were getting separated and that kind of a thing. So just mm-hmm. kind of giving the listeners, um, like a framework for some of the questions as we move forward. So you know, for your childhood, if, what do you remember about your parents' marriage? Good or bad?
1: Um, Unfortunately, what sticks out the most to me is the fighting. Yeah. I think that was kind of the, I think that's what has stuck with me the most, Not in the, which is unfortunate, yeah. but I think it has also been beneficial to me and my relationship now on on kind of what I want to just see differently in my life and kind of the, the path that I not want to avoid, but like how I can just have that experience of it, of knowing that it didn't really go well and trying to, I feel like avoid is a bad word, but no, that's a good um, word. But yeah, I, I know that one of the things that, um, was like a very sweet moment. Um, in this last, I'd say six months was, um, I was able to get my girlfriend to my home church, which is the church that my mom and dad took my sister and I to growing up for mm. so, so many years. And when we, when my girlfriend and I were sitting in that church, mm. just all these emotions kind of came through of like, oh. just such a, a circle of life aspect of, yeah. I remember like when I was a kid and when you're, too old to be in the kids ministry, Uh you had to go into the big church. And I knew that I, I remember just times of like lying down on the chairs because I was (laughs) so tired or bored, but then this would be like, you know, 15 years later sitting in church with my girlfriend and in the exact same room in the exact same building that my parents were in with, with Sarah and I when we were kids. So there's good and bad to it though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So say you're like 12 to 14, you know, we, we tell you we're getting separated and all of that stuff. By the way, thank you for being willing to talk about these really hard things. Um, do you have any memories of the separation or the divorce season and how you felt about it?
1: Um, how I felt about it? I, I unfortunately do not have the answers to that because it was it was a while ago and I don't remember exactly what I was thinking at that time or what I was feeling at that time too, especially as a 12, 13, 14 year old boy who has no idea what he's feeling. Um, Mm. Even, you know, even today I'm, I'm working through a lot of feelings as well, but um, I do remember specifically one moment where it was a Wednesday and I was in our middle school youth, um, evening and I remember walking in to my friend mm. into church and telling him like there, it's like it's finished with with my parents I don't remember exactly the line that or the sentence I said but I remember that wow. just walking in and telling him that um mm. I don't remember what I felt in that moment I don't remember what I exactly felt this would be 12 11 10 years ago but yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to go on to another listener question. I'm not sure, you know, if you're kind of saying that you're, you know, it's kind of hard to recall. So if this is like, yeah, I don't know if we can pass. But um, one gal wanted to know if you felt you had any needs that went unmet during or because of the divorce, like anything you wished you would have been able to tell your dad or me that you didn't. Mm-hmm.
1: First of all, it's a great, great, great question because I think it's such a great question because I don't have a great answer for it. And I think it, a lot of that goes back to a boy who is 12, 13, 14 yeah. years old who hasn't – now that I look back on things, I understand a lot more of it, like the, the inner workings of thoughts, feelings, emotions, whatever it may be. But when I was going through it at 12, 13, 14 years old, I had no idea what was really happening Mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand a lot of it. And so um, in terms of needs for myself that were unmet, I can't really think of much. The only thing that comes to mind off the top of my head is maybe spiritually, but at the same time, I feel like. We still kept going to church. We still kept doing the things that we were doing before spiritually. I think that was very beneficial for, I think, for all of us.
0: Yeah. Um, One thing, you, it didn't happen often, but um, I, like, right when the separation sort of kicked in, I remember talking to our campus pastor, your youth leader, and I think one or two of, like, your guy teachers at the Christian school Mm. and let them know what was going on. Um, and a few people would check in like your school. People would check in with you. But then I remember like one of the pastors taking you, um, like to play basketball, one Mm -hmm. taking you for a bike ride, one taking you for a burger. Like I was trying to, you know, you probably heard the phrase, like it takes a village. Like Mm. I was trying to surround you with good men. So, um, do you, you remember that part though, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I do remember <laughs> okay. some of those. Yes. Okay. Yeah. okay
0: good. Um, okay. So here's another listener question. The, the listener questions, by the way, were, are so good. Um, okay. Did you want to know, I'm trying to think how to say it. Did you want to know details about the divorce then? Do you want to know more now? Or do you like, like the level of knowing about Um, like the why and all of that, or do you feel like you have a pretty good idea of why the marriage ended?
1: Great. Great. Another great question. Um, I would say, I would say then, and I guess it also depends on when this is happening for everybody. So, you know, if you have a younger child, they may not understand things and even telling them kind of what's going on in detail. It may not stick with them long-term. Yeah. Um, I would say for me at that time, I, I don't think I knew much about what was going on. And honestly, I don't remember if I wanted to know more. Yeah. Um, looking back on it now, 10 years later, I think it's very beneficial to me. I think especially in the early twenties, almost now, Oh my gosh, I almost said mid (laughs) twenties. Um, I think where I'm at now and dating now and looking long-term at relationships, I think it is beneficial for me to know what happened with my parents' divorce so that I can understand more. And, um, just be more informed about just kind of the overall picture of it and even the, the inner workings of it. But as the sun, I, I feel like there's a certain level that I'm able to know. Like, I feel like there's, I feel like there's always going to be parts that you probably don't want to share. And so um, I think when I think there's a a certain amount of time where I've been able to be removed from all of it where I can now kind of look back into things and ask more questions. And I think it takes time. I think that's something that can't be rushed, especially for your kids. Yeah. Um, I think I don't have a certain timeline of like after five years is a good time or something like that. But, um, I think definitely several years is like a minimum to where they can probably be removed from the whole situation. And then I think just asking when they're ready to know more. Yes. When you think, I think it's, there's a difference between as a parent asking them, are you ready? And then, and them coming to you saying that they're ready to know more.
0: Yes. Or even a parent simply saying, if and when you want to know more,
1: yeah. let me know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and one of the things, you know, is Jack and I were, were reading through the listener questions, um, I just want to, you know, kind of clarify that every parent is different. Every child is different. Yes. Every divorce yeah. is different. Um, so we're simply sharing our um, experience. Um, one thing that I would say is... You know my kiddos were in early to mid teens through the bulk of it and i tried to err on the side of saying less though i know i messed up more than once saying more than i should say and yet at the same time i'll just say this and i won't go into too much um if safety is a factor Um, then I feel like in an age-appropriate way, you should empower your children. And I'll just leave that at that. Um, Okay.
1: I think, sorry, the last thing I'll just add. I think, again, it also depends on when it happens, when the divorce happens, to kind of gauge when your children would be ready to know a lot more details, a lot more of the, the hard things that happened looking back on it when it happened for me and my sister, I think any time during college and after was good because mm-hmm. just think about like as college age kids, you're more, you're more psychologically aware of things. And I think in middle school and high school, like <laughs> that's such a crazy time. Yeah, you're for, just getting through for people. Yeah. Like even just like, in life. Yes. Middle school and high school is Ugh, a rough time. It's the worst. And so I think <laughs> I think when I got to college, I think when, you know, if it happens before college, I think addressing things by that time, I think your children will probably be more psychologically aware and more emotionally aware of things. And I think that helps with a timeline of things.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Um,
1: if it happens before then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Another listener question. Um, many boys seem to identify with or prefer or support their fathers during the divorce process. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I think it's interesting. I thought um, was a
0: very interesting question.
1: I... Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I can definitely see where... Like, I have some examples in my head of where that that has happened. Um, I think my take on it, which is different than probably the average guy, is that I felt that my relationship at that time with my mom was better than my relationship with my dad. Also, I felt that there was more... I don't like saying this word, but I feel like there's more spiritual workings happening on my mom's side than my dad's side. And I, I'm in a way like, I'm grateful that this happened because I don't know where I would be spiritually if I sided with my dad more on things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know, but I'm thankful that I stuck with my mom because she kept a lot of those Christian traditions going and so that's again like one of the very first things I mentioned um, staying connected spiritually has gotten me to where I am today
0: I think Yeah, that's good um, okay this is a tough one and this is one that I just laid on you before we started so it's not on the list that you're looking at but um, so we can say pass did you ever feel mad at God about the divorce
1: um my short answer is no, and I think that's only because I don't quite remember what mm-hmm. I was feeling at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely looking back on like where I'm at today, looking back on it now, my answer is no. Like, for sure okay. no. All right.
0: Um,
1: just because as hard and terrible as, as it is to get a divorce, um, there can be good in it. And so, um, just trying to find like the good in, in that and how to, to grow from it for myself.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, I almost don't want to ask this one. It's also a listener question. Do you hold any unforgiveness or resentment towards either of your parents?
1: Um, to you, no, to my dad, there is still a little bit of unforgiveness that I still need to resolve. Um, I can't speak for Sarah, so I can only speak for, for myself in that. But, um, yeah, there's definitely still some, not a lot, but especially like over time, even though we don't really talk, even over time, like I've, especially through the spiritual, um, background that I have, I've been, working on that just on my end of things. And so it's helped me to reduce the, the unforgiveness that I had a long time ago to where I'm at today.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Um, Well, I'm glad I didn't skip that question. Hmm. Um, Okay. Another listener question. What were some of the um, best things you think your parents did to help you during the divorce and afterwards?
1: Um, I think that's tough because I feel like there's only so much that you can do on the legal side of things uh, in terms of like visitation and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I think, I think you guys did what you thought was right. And yeah. there, I don't know if there is a right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. Um,
0: Would you have done something differently if legality weren't an issue? <laughs> Would you have done more time or something? With him,
1: I probably would have done the last time, and I don't know. I think, I think it was a, I think it was a good plan, based on legality reasons, like both parents seeing your kids until eighteen. Like I think that was a good plan. Um,
0: that was an out of my hands plan, just yeah. so you know. Yeah.
1: Um, and so I, I just think. Once we turned 18, we were able to make our own decision on what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, my sister, when she turned 18, she stopped doing the visitation. So it was just me and my dad for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and so that was hard that my sister ne- never you know, came back to, to stay every once in a while. But yeah. she has her reasons. And maybe yeah. you get her on the, the podcast to talk about them. But yeah. Right. Um, So I think, I think it was a good plan. I think when you turn, when we turned 18, having that freedom to, to choose what we wanted to do. I think that was, I think it was overall a good plan.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to, so there are, I'm going to wrap up with three um, final listener questions. This is a gal who is, if I'm understanding how she worded these, she is currently going through a divorce. And she's like helping to walk her adult children through it as well, which I'll just give my two cents on that if I'm understanding correctly what she's saying, Um, you know, before I have you share your thoughts is that um, if her children are young adults, then there's only so much you can do and um their relationship with their dad and their healing is their responsibility which can feel very hard to let go of so I'm not saying that lightly but I'm just throwing that out there. Now if they're teenagers, that's another thing. Um, but yeah, okay. So question number one. Um, so this is gonna be a little bit different. Maybe difficult for you to answer because you were a teenager, but knowing what you know now, if you can kind of put yourself in the shoes of if this were happening to you now, Mm. um, like the balance of she wants to know, like she wants to be authentic with her adult children, but she wants to be careful not to rely on them too much and not to share too much with them. Mm. Any thoughts on that?
1: Um. I don't know if you have an answer for this because you might be able to give some insight on it, but I think that's tough because I think you you put it really well when you said that if, and when you're ready to know more, just talk to us. And I think, I think not forcing it on them and letting them come to you when they're ready is, I think a good way of handling it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So if they are adults, um, I think the best thing that you as the woman and the mom walking through your own divorce is to be making sure you're getting counseling, to have a girlfriend or two that you're sharing with, um, and to let your kids know, like we've kind of already said, like, you let me know what you want to know, mm-hmm. but not leading with too much. Um Okay, I'm going to move to the next one because time is already ticking away here. Mm-hmm. Should she be concerned about her children's relationship with their dad?
1: I think yes. I think you should be. Um,
0: should she do anything about it?
1: Mm. Um, um, I'm not sure. I think, especially as adult children, that's on them. Yes. Like you, again, like the with the first question, like you can't force them to yeah. to know more. You can't force them to have a better relationship with their dad or vice versa, a better relationship with you um, as the mom. Yes. Um, I think, I think it comes down to, I think overall it comes down to what you've taught them growing up and, yes. and the traditions, the background that they have and hoping and praying that what you taught them will, like, get them through the situation.
0: That's good. Which is, like,
1: you don't really teach your kids to get ready for divorce, but...
0: Right. um, But they can watch how she has handled difficult relationships or how she's handling this. mm -hmm. Um, And there's the whole concept of relational triangles. When it's three adults, a relationship is two people. So um, it's between her children and her soon to be ex-husband to have forge whatever relationship they're going to have Mm -hmm. as painful as it is to like, sit back and watch sometimes. Um, Okay. Let's see if I can ask this. Um, Should she ask her adult children how they're doing and feeling? She thinks they're protecting her by not talking about the divorce, but she's concerned. They are not addressing their own healing.
1: Um,
0: Have we kind of already? Yeah,
1: I think I think definitely talking to them about how they're, how they're feeling is huge. Um, I think for a guy, they might not want to share their feelings or may not even understand what they're feeling. And even at 24, I don't fully get it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think praying with them is good. And maybe even, even finding not finding, but um, maybe helping them find like a community or friends that they can reach out to and talk through things with is good. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think it's on them as adult children to make these, these choices.
0: Yes. Praying for them is huge. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, listening to these questions um, as a woman who's been through it, I hear the sadness and the confusion and the fear. And I feel like the questions behind the questions that, you know, Jack and I just kind of talked through, I think some of the real questions are like are my children going to be okay and will they forgive me and will they ever be able to understand and will they go on to have okay marriages like have is a divorce going to ruin my kids lives um and I just want to say that the bigger foundational truth is that God is with your child. He is your child's father. He will never leave your child. He can get your child through anything. He will heal and take care of your child. And even when your child doesn't seem okay, and there will be times like that, you must trust that he or she will eventually be okay. Okay. That was a lot. That was so good. We have so much more to tackle, and we're going to do so in next week's episode. Jack, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Um, I know this is going to encourage so many mamas out there and women. Um, okay, so, sweet ones, all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloved daughters and sons of God, and He is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time. So, so much love.